Welcome to Love Your Reports. I'm Paul Felix, your host, and this is episode number 13. Today I want to talk about the Reportopia team. You know, there's a lot of people, or can be, I guess, there could be a lot of people involved in building these reporting solutions. So I thought it would be good to just take a few minutes here today and talk about each of these roles and how they participate in building a solution. So we're going to jump right in. And first, we want to focus on what I'm going to call the business roles. And you have three different roles here. So first of all, let's talk about the business sponsor. This is the person or the people, one or more people, that actually have identified the need. They understand the value of actually improving some process. It could be your executives in the organization, or it might not be. It might be an individual contributor. It can be anybody within the organization that has the ability to identify a value opportunity. And again, I use the words value opportunity to just describe broadly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to increase revenue, reduce expenses, reduce risk. We're trying to do something that actually adds value. So the business sponsor, again, is this person that's identified the value. And it's also most often going to be the person that's acquiring funding for the overall solution. All right, the next business person is the process manager. So this is the person that's actually responsible for overseeing this function within the business that we're trying to improve. This could be, you know, if we're talking about accounting, it could be the revenue cycle manager. If we're talking about healthcare, it could be an operations manager or it could be a practice manager. It's someone that's actually overseeing this process we're trying to improve. Now, this person's key because they could also be the business sponsor. It could be one and the same. You know, all of these roles that I'm about to describe are not necessarily different people. They're actually roles, and oftentimes there are people playing multiple roles. And this is a common area where you will have the same person playing multiple roles. The business sponsor may also be the manager of the process that we're trying to improve. This person is key, though the process manager that is, because they understand the value opportunity from a day-to-day management basis, right? They know where these inefficiencies are, or they know where these opportunities are. And they're the person that's going to be able to truly describe, you know, the business goal, which is going to drive the overall solution. All right, the third and final business person here is going to be the process worker. Didn't really know what else to call this person because, Basically, we're talking about the individual contributor. This is the person or people that are on a day-to-day basis working within this process to carry out the business's role. So as an example, if we're going to talk about a revenue cycle process, you might have a revenue cycle manager, and there might be a few accountants within that department that are actually carrying out the day-to-day operations. Now, these people, again, are really key in this overall solutions success because Just like the process manager understands the process as a whole and the inefficiencies and efficiencies within that process that we're trying to improve, the workers or the individual contributors within that process are intimately familiar with these issues. Oftentimes, these are the people that are really feeling the pain. You know, these are the people that are doing the day-to-day work and they're asking themselves, you know, why are we doing this manually, right? We know we can automate this thing. Why are we doing this manually? Or they're asking themselves, if I just had this bit of information, which I know is available out there, I could make this so much better. 
These are really the people, again, that feel the pain. They are really close to the value opportunity, and they can often describe at a very tactical level the implication of improving the process. Okay, so those are the three main roles on what I'm going to call the business side of building a Reportopia solution against the business sponsor, the process manager, and the process workers. Now, let's talk about the implementation team. Now, again, I'm going to go through a number of roles here. I think there's like eight of them I have listed out. And it's not as if we have one individual for every role. Oftentimes, especially in the small to mid-market here, you might have one person doing all of these things. It's possible to do that, and it's possible to succeed. But, you know, you got to be realistic about what we're saying there. You can't have one person building something and testing their own code, as an example, and have that be as resilient of a process if you actually had multiple people involved to catch your errors and such. So again, this could be one or more people, but I'm going to go through the various roles that are involved here in implementation. All right, let's start out with the project manager. So this is pretty common. You know, you have someone that's going to understand at a high level all of the things that are going on in building this solution. We're often working on not one, but two or three or many different value opportunities at the same time. And that requires a lot of coordination. You have to know at which phase of the process, whether it's, you know, on the business definition side or development side or whatever it is, we got to know where everything is at any point in time. And we have to make sure everybody is communicating what's going on. If there's any blockers, we need someone to raise those up and try to get them resolved. We got to make sure we're staying within budget and timelines. So the project manager is really key here in making sure the overall project stays on track. Now, I don't really like using the word project when it comes to building these solutions because, again, I probably have said this before, but project kind of has this concept of begin and end. And while there is various phases of building out these solutions, there's no end to these solutions. You've really got to look at Reportopia as a business function. Because as soon as we fulfill one value opportunity, well, guess what's going to happen? You know, that same process manager, that same process worker is then going to see that and they're going to say, okay, that's great. You know, this is much better. But now that we've done that, now we can do this, right? And that, and that, and that. So as soon as you improve something, you immediately, almost immediately, find additional opportunities. So the word project is not my favorite, but nevertheless, project manager is the role here. The second person in the implementation team is the business analyst, second role. So the business analyst, I've seen this take on all different sorts of descriptions, I guess, with various organizations, but... Generally speaking, the business analyst is going to be able to communicate with the business sponsor, the process manager, and the process workers, and first of all, figure out what the need is. Figure out what the business need is, and then break that need down into its individual components so we can actually know you know, what it's going to actually take to fulfill that need. Then the business analyst needs to be able to relay that information to the development team so they can actually understand what the business requirements are and what it means to be successful. That's a pretty broad definition of business analyst, but this person is really key. You know, they are the glue between the business and the development team. 
it's really, really important that you have someone that can not only understand something about a development process, but also understand something about the business that we're trying to improve. And that's the BA's role. Next up, we have this person that takes on all kinds of names like architect, I've heard it called data architect. There's all kinds of names here, but generally it's some type of an architect level role. And what this person is going to do is they're going to oversee the entire solution architecture. This includes infrastructure. It includes all sorts of things, like all the way down to development design patterns and the actual phases of development and how we're going to do testing, who's going to do testing, what are the measurements we're going to take in this process to make sure the process itself is being efficient. The architect's role, again, is really the oversight of the entire solution. Next up, we're going to have someone that is going to be a data source specialist. So again, here we're building reports, and that means we're going to be pulling data out of some system of record. And the system of record most often is going to be a business application, which has a database in the back end, or it might even be an Excel sheet that someone is maintaining manually. Whatever it is, you've got someone that's going to become the specialist within that data source. And when I say specialist, it doesn't mean that this person is an expert in all things about that data source, but they're going to be the person that's going to understand enough about that data source to know that we're pulling the right data elements out of the source to fulfill the need. This is a key role, as you can imagine, you know, especially when you're talking about interfacing with ERP systems or large EHRs or even some CRMs. There's a lot of complexity. This person needs to be able to understand not only the data elements that are needed to support the reporting requirements, not only finding those data elements, but understanding the behavior of the data source. Things like, you know, how is the data source handling updates? Are they overriding data in place so there's no history? You know, are they storing a log somewhere with the full history? There's all kinds of little things that this person has to understand because that information needs to go to the core development team so that can actually build something that caters to that source behavior. Next up, we have the data modeler. Now, the data modeler is really in the, I guess you can call it the pre-implementation and post-implementation phase of this process. First of all, the data modeler is going to have to understand from the business analyst what the requirements are. You know, what type of analytics do we need to be able to support? And then that person is going to design a data structure that's going to support those requirements. But that person also has to keep in mind that we're building a cohesive data structure. You're building a foundation that you can extend without having to scrap and start over. We're not building point solutions and building another point solution that serves very particular needs. We're trying to build this ecosystem that's able to support the needs today. And then when we have a need tomorrow, you know, maybe the need tomorrow is already supported without any additional development because we've actually built this thing in a way where we have a data structure that actually mimics the business that we're trying to support. So the data modelers is really a critical piece of this process. I guess all of these roles are critical. If any of them fail, then you're going to be at risk of not meeting the value opportunity that we've identified. All right, now let's move on to the ETL developer. So ETL stands for Extract, Transform, and Load. And this is really the person that's going to build the actual processes that collect information from your data sources and pull it into this data repository that it's going to be built to support the reporting requirements. So there's a lot of different types of ETL developers out there. Again, you got everything from people that are going to write code one character at a time to, you know, fully automated solutions where the ETL developer isn't writing much code at all, break basically. 
And there's pros and cons to all these different approaches, but this is a very important role. If something is going to break in your process, it's most likely going to be this part of the process where data is coming from your data source and moving into the data structure you're trying to create to support requirements. And that's because this person, this ETL developer, has to keep in mind not only that we need to support today's requirements, right? We know today's requirements. And not only to support today's view of the data source, but this person also has to keep in mind that both of those things are changing. As an example, your data source is going to be updated. And that is possibly going to cause schema changes that can break the ETL process. And your requirements are going to change. So that person has to be building things in such a way that we can actually respond to changing needs, both in the data source and in business requirements. That's not a small task. Next up, we have the report author. So just like the name implies, this is the person that's actually going to author reports. They're going to actually develop a report so that the end user, the process manager and the process workers actually have the information they need to improve this process. This is a key role. It's one thing to take data out of the data model that's being created and just throw it onto a design surface of some kind into a table, right? That's fine. That gets you from point A to point B, but it's a whole different thing when you try to actually lay out a report in such a way that it's easy to consume. It's easy for those process managers and process workers to consume that information. And that gets into you know, everything from visualization selection to user experience, performance, ad hoc abilities. There's all sorts of things here that this report author is going to impact. And this person is usually tool specific. You know, this is really where you're talking about the front end tool or the business intelligence tools here. This is where this person is going to be an expert. Today, most of our clients are using Power BI. Just a great value proposition with Power BI. It's got a huge set of functionalities being developed very rapidly, and it's just run away at the current time, you know, as far as front-end tools goes. And if you look at the magic quadrants, you'll see the same thing there. In any case, the report author is often very tool-specific. They might be an expert in one or two different front-end tools, so we'll have to keep that in mind when we're selecting a report author. And lastly, in the implementation team, you have these QA engineers or test engineers. These are the people that are going to actually test at various parts of this process. And there's a lot of different phases here. I'm not going to go through all of it, but you're pulling data out of a data source and you're creating a new data structure. You want to make sure that that new data structure actually represents the information that came from the data source because there's things that can happen. I mentioned a minute ago that it's up to the data source specialist to understand the source system behavior. Well, if that person made a mistake or if there just was no way for that person to truly understand the data source behavior without first testing it, well, the QA slash test engineers, those are the people that need to be able to catch that sort of thing. They need to make sure that the data in the data repository that's being created matches the data source. They need to make sure that business rules are being implemented in the way that the business analyst has specified. And ultimately, they have to make sure that the report being developed and being provided to the process workers they need to make sure that report is accurate. They need to make sure it performs well. These are really the people that do some really, really important work. Because without knowing that what we're putting out there is accurate, it's really going to diminish the value of the overall solution. So the QA and test engineers are responsible for identifying any data validation type issues, 
and raising that up to the project manager so we get the steps in place to actually address those problems. All right, the next set of people here, I'm just going to call them the support people. So we talked about the business people. We talked about the implementation team. Now we're talking about the support team. This could be a super long list, but I just broke it down into a few very relevant types of roles here. So let's just run through these. So first of all, you have someone that is responsible for the overall implementation. This depends on you know, how the implementation is being done. If you're working with a third party, which most small and mid-sized organizations will do because it often doesn't make sense to hire for all of these roles, right? It wouldn't make sense to hire three or four or five people if your company only has five people in total, right? That just won't be a good financial decision. But if you are using an outside vendor, you're likely going to be working with a practice manager that oversees the overall implementation. If you actually have an in-house team, you'll have someone that's called the director of data analytics or the VP of business intelligence or something along those lines. This is the person, again, that's responsible for the overall implementation. They are the responsible person for their implementation. Now, you also have your database administrator. These are often processes that are going to involve various types of database technologies, and the DBA will be involved in this. There's an infrastructure team, and this is key. I want to take a second and talk about this. So the infrastructure team is responsible for ultimately just providing the infrastructure needed to do the implementation. And this includes your bare bones type technology folks, such as people that are managing servers, managing storage arrays, or maybe managing any types of hosted solution like in AWS or in Azure. We use Azure here at Leapfrog BI most of the time. And then you have your security folks in there as well. And the infrastructure team often may be a totally separate team. But the infrastructure team is important because if you don't have the right infrastructure or if you don't have the right cooperation between the infrastructure team and the security team and the implementation team, that can really slow things down. You know, it's really, really important that all of the people involved in this process understand what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to actually make our business successful here by running it more efficiently. And we need everybody to come to the table and try to find solutions. It's one thing to say, sorry, implementation team, we don't have any resources for you, so you're not going to be able to move forward, right? And I'm not saying that that's what people say, but just as an example, if that was the case, well, now we've got a value opportunity worth, let's just say $100,000, and we're not going to be moving forward because the infrastructure team doesn't have budget to actually provision a new server, which might cost $5,000 in the year. So it's really important that that practice manager or director of data analytics or whoever's responsible for the overall solution is driving this process and making sure that the infrastructure team knows, yes, we're going to actually spend a little bit of money here so we can make more money down the road. Next up, you've got a monitoring team. It doesn't make sense to build a solution unless you're going to monitor it because ultimately, as I mentioned before, things are going to change. Your data source is going to change. The business process is going to change. You're going to have infrastructure failures. Things are going to happen. And if you're not going to monitor these processes, and by monitor, I mean understand if they succeed or fail every time they're executed. If you're not going to monitor them, then you're quickly going to be in a position where you don't know if you can rely on them. And as soon as you get in that position, the value of the solution is greatly diminished. People are just not going to be able to rely on the solution, so they're not going to use it. It's really that simple. So monitoring is super important. You then have a support team, and you probably can imagine what this is. You know, if the business has a question about the report, there needs to be someone that's going to take that question. 
Now, that might be in small implementations. That might be the data architect, or it might be even the ETL developers available to answer those questions. But someone needs to be available to the business to answer questions about the report or to accept bug reports or enhancement requests or what have you. You then have the trainers and the spec writers. I'm just going to kind of group these together because oftentimes they are one and the same. The trainers, of course, are the people that are going to take some type of a report that was developed and deliver it to the business process manager, process workers, and make sure they understand how to use it. You know, make sure they understand what was delivered, why it was delivered. Remember, this all started based on the business sponsor identifying a value opportunity. We need to make sure the people that are receiving this report understand the value opportunity we're trying to capture. They likely do. They're likely painfully aware of it. And they know how to use the tool that's being given to them to actually capture that value. It can be that simple, but sometimes it's quite complicated. You know, sometimes when you look at business process management and how we're going to improve different processes with reporting solutions, it can get really deep really quick. So the trainer's role is to make sure that the business actually knows how to utilize the solution. And then the spec writer, of course, is documenting this process. There are a lot of things that can be forgotten, basically. Not only forgotten, but hard to communicate. If you don't write these things down, they're going to be lost. And you're going to be in a position, I've been there, where someone asks you a question, a business worker, let's say, asks you a question, and maybe you've built this thing six months ago, and no one really knows anymore what the business rules that went into this process. That, again, can diminish the value of the solution. So one thing I've started to do, I like to do this now, is in an actual report, I will put a page in the report. Again, we're using Power BI most of the time, so I just put a page at the end of the report that actually lists out the business rules. I just call it the glossary page. If there's any exceptions that go into the report, I'll put them in there. The purpose of the report, the data source description, the refresh interval, I'll put that information in the glossary of the report, not only for the business's benefit, but for my own benefit. It's just a quick little cheat sheet that tells me in the future, what do we do here? Now, it's important here, again, to keep that current because if you just throw it out there one day and you start iterating on a report and you don't maintain it, well, now you've got a different problem. And that's the problem with documentation as a whole is it's extremely difficult to actually keep current. But it can be done and it is super important. Okay, so I'm not sure how many roles that was there, more than a dozen for sure, maybe around 20 roles that we just went through. And that is a lot of roles. But I want to mention here once again that building a Reportopia solution is something that can be done with anywhere from one person to a team of a dozen people or more. It really depends on how much value there is to capture, how complex the situation is from a data source standpoint and a business requirement standpoint, who's available. It's not easy today if you go out there and try to find people that have these skills we're talking about, especially the hard tech skills. It's not very easy to find people that have deep experience in these various areas. So there's a lot of variables that go into this as far as, you know, the number of actual people that are involved in the process. But nevertheless, all of these roles are important. Even if you have one person doing all of these roles, it's really important that that person is actually doing all these roles, you know, not forgetting about training not forgetting about project management, not forgetting about testing, right? All of these things are super, super important. Okay, I'm going to leave it there this week. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. My address is paul at loveyourreports.com. You can find me on Twitter at Paul B. Felix is my handle. We'll talk to you again each and every Tuesday. Tuesday.